everybody. Welcome to I Wish I Would Have Known, the only podcast hosted by four educators with over 70 years of combined professional experience. We are here to help you survive and thrive in all aspects of life. everybody. It's Jennifer and Christy today and our special guest is Kim Kwan and she is the regional director for the St. Louis area for homeschooling families and we're really excited to have a chance to talk with her today and for those of you who are out there and maybe thinking about you know whether homeschooling might be a good fit for your family with everything going on in our world today hopefully we can give you some good information that can help you make that decision. So, uh, Kim, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this? Oh, okay. Um, we homeschooled our own children. We have two, and we homeschooled them from the beginning to the end. They were never in a preschool or any other school until they got to college. Um, we graduated them. They went on to college, um, honors programs. They graduated now with you know, honors and so forth, and going on into their fields, looking at master programs now. So we've been doing that for a very long time. We've been members of Families for Home Education, which is our state organization since 1983. And we've been with that for a long time. Um, And then I've been the regional director for roughly three years, I think, for the St. Louis, St. Charles, Jefferson County, Lincoln County, Franklin County, all these little counties around here. Awesome. That's great. So, Kim, what do you think are some of the reasons why parents maybe choose homeschooling over the traditional public or private school options? Do we want to talk before COVID or after COVID? (laughs) Well, maybe maybe both, yeah. Everything, Everything centers around COVID. Everything. Okay. So before COVID, I would say a lot of families were pulling their children out because of bullying and just issues that they were having in the schools. Um, But now with COVID, most people are just either afraid of the virus or they're concerned about what school's gonna look like. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a combination. You know, they're afraid to put them back in, afraid of, you know, maybe they've got some health issues in their family or in their home, and they're just afraid to bring that COVID virus into their home, but then also they're just very, very concerned about what the public schools are going to look like. And, you know, it's no fault on, I don't want to ever make it sound like it's a fault on the public schools end because it is not. I can't, this is a very difficult decision on everyone's part. And um, everybody, including the homeschoolers, it's impacted homeschooling too for all of us. So, um, It's just hard decisions that have to be made, and there's no good answer for anybody. Right. And so, of course, we realize that COVID is playing a part in this decision today, but let's just go pre-COVID. What do you think are some of the pros to homeschooling that families, you know, really appreciate? Well, whether it's pre or pro, doesn't matter. Um, With homeschooling, they have the flexibility to do what they need to do for their own children. You know, the public schools kind of have the constraints around them that they've got a classroom of 25, 30 children. They kind of have to teach to the middle because, you know, 
that's where the majority of the children are. So the ones that are, you know, kind of behind, they struggle because they can't catch up. And the ones that are ahead get bored. Mm-hmm. So when you're homeschooling, you have the flexibility to really tailor everything to what your child needs. And when you're in high school, which I know is what you guys deal with most, you know, you have those opportunities to, we have no graduation requirements for homeschoolers, for high school. Okay, so with that, you really can tailor your high school years and your credits on the transcript to be, you know, whatever the interests that your children seem to be heading in, you can, you know, look into that, you can uh, experiment with that and find opportunities for them. Uh, School doesn't take as long, so they have extra hours in the day where they can explore other options, other opportunities. Awesome. So the homeschooling then is primarily done by one parent that's staying home full-time with the student. Is that most often what you're seeing or not necessarily? Uh, We have parents, no, we have working parents, full-time, part-time, you know, parents that stay at home, dads that stay home, maybe they're, they're can work out of their house. And maybe they're the ones doing primarily the homeschooling while the mom's at a full-time job somewhere else. Um, a lot of school can be done online. It doesn't necessarily mean that the parent has to be the teacher. It just means that the parent has to be in control. Okay. So if I want my child to take a class over at the community college, I'm directing that to do, you know, I'm making that decision to do that for the education of my child. So it's that professor that's doing the education, but it's still under my control as the parent. Okay, so not necessarily that you're teaching the course from home, but maybe they're doing an online course at a college or um, some other online provider. And there are some other in-person opportunities that you guys provide and organize as well, correct? Like such as sports or different um, meetings for students, is is that correct? Uh Okay, are you, I'm, I'm not sure what you're, so, okay, well, there are homeschool sports, uh-huh. um, if that's what you're referring to, um, we have a lot of support groups, if, if that's what you mean, I'm not real sure what you mean, but um, we have support groups all over the state that handle activities, field trips, parent nights, uh, just support in general for new parents coming on board. Uh, graduations, dances for the high schoolers, a little bit of everything. So we have lots and lots of activities. Now, granted, COVID, just like it shut down the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. it has shut down a lot of homeschool too. So, you know, graduations were kind of iffy over the spring. Uh, You know, our field trips and co-ops and some of those things are really kind of touch and go right now, just like it is for anybody else. But generally, uh, if you want to be active and you want to be social, you have a lot of opportunities to do that in the homeschool world. That's yeah. great to know because I'm not sure all parents really realize, you know, what a strong community that you guys have and all the things you offer. Yeah. Yes. There's thousands of homeschoolers just in Missouri. And, um, you know, it's I used to kind of tease my children when they were especially when they were in high school. That if we got any more socialized, mom's got to take a break. Mom needs a rest because everywhere, all the time, you know, out with their friends. We did do school. We were very, you know, disciplined and rigorous in school. But, oh, yeah, they were very socialized. (laughs) 
Well, and you have the flexibility to do some of those events too that maybe right. traditional schooling right. wouldn't afford you that time. So um, can you talk a little bit about some of the cons or hardships that you've encountered with the homeschooling community? Um, that one I really couldn't think of much. Um, you know, the one thing, and I guess back to the high school, there's two things I would think of as um, things to be cautious about. If in some of our communities, like the St. Louis region, we have a lot of homeschool sports, but to go for a high schooler to, as a homeschooler, to go into the public school and participate in their sports, it becomes very tricky because there's an organization called MISHA that governs all competitions in the state, whether it's sports or um, debate clubs or chess or uh, band and orchestra, anything that has a competition to it. Um, they govern that and they have rules around it. They currently, I don't think they changed anything in July. I think this new year is still the same, but generally it's uh, a student has to take two seated classes yes. in the public school in order to be able to participate. But then it gives a ton of wiggle room for the public schools to make their own choices also. So many, many schools just will not let our kids participate in their sport activities. So yes, if you are in a more rural area of the state, it's hard for your kid to get into the sports because there may not be a homeschool athletic program in your area. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other uh, big question mark that parents need to think about, especially right now with COVID, we've got a lot of families that are thinking, I'm just pulling out for a year. As soon as COVID settles, we're going back. That's fine for everybody until they hit high school because the public schools have a real hard time accepting our homeschool credits Mm -hmm. Even if you do an accredited program, which is not required of us, but even if you did that, some schools have a hard time accepting our credits. And so there's been many, many, many kids that have had to retake classes or even maybe a whole school year when they try to go back into the public school. So my concern for right now, especially because of COVID, is if you have a family that is wanting to maybe homeschool ninth grade or 10th grade, whatever grade it is at the high school level, they either need to stick it out and graduate that way, or they may really want to not homeschool, leave the child in the public school system and do their virtual online program. Mm -hmm. Because doing the public school's virtual program is not legally homeschooling. Just because it's being done at home means nothing. It's not legally homeschooling. The only way you can legally homeschool is you need to withdraw from the school and then you are in charge of the entire education, whatever those decisions are, you know. Um, but you have to be in charge of what curriculum you're using. You have your records to keep. You are in charge of what classes your children take. It's not the public school. So if they want to stay with the virtual programs at the schools, they need to stay enrolled with the school and their public schoolers, not homeschoolers. 
I think that's that's a really good point you made um, that parents maybe not aware of and, and not thinking about um, thinking just you know this year but you need to really be thinking long term especially at that high school level so you were already hitting on some of this but do you have any other advice for first-time homeschool parents um, maybe thinking about doing it this fall in addition to some things that you've already mentioned well, they do need to withdraw, and I'm assuming most of your audience is at the high school level, mm -hmm. okay, um, because there's a whole lot of little rules if they're going into kindergarten, if they're going into first grade, mm -hmm. and, you know, compulsory age at the other end, and so forth, but, um, you know, if, if they are going to pull out and officially homeschool, they need to notify the school, and we have those records for them. We have the sample letter that they need to use. They can contact me, they can contact our website, um, and they we do not recommend that they sign anything from the schools. The schools will often ask them to sign their own letter, which they are not required by law to do so, and we do not recommend it. If they want a whole bunch of reasons why, you know, I won't take up the time here to do that, <laughs> but unless you just want me to, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there are definite reasons why. We are not asking the schools for permission to homeschool. We are right. just giving them a courtesy of notifying them to tell them that our child will not be there and, you know, to kind of sever that tie so it's not becoming a truant issue. Right. Um, but we don't ask their permission. And by signing their letter, you're kind of intuitively giving them that permission to, you know, maybe with, uh, refuse to let you or something like that, which they don't have the authority to do. Hmm. So. You know, they, they do need to withdraw. They need to make sure they understand the law. Um, our homeschooling law changes a little bit when the child has their 16th birthday. Um, so again, they just need to understand what their requirements are as a homeschooler. And they can contact families for home education for that. <laughs> and I will be happy to help them. <laughs> <laughs> so there are lots of resources out there. So... Um, in addition to withdrawing and, I guess, making that decision to do homeschooling, where would parents find out anything about um, the books, the curriculum, the courses? Um, is that something that you guys help with as well? Yes. yes. Um, if they get on any of the bazillion uh, homeschool Facebook pages, okay, you know, they will be able to ask their questions, um, you know, get a lot of advice, a lot of help, a lot of suggestions. We have, I've actually been doing Zoom meetings um, for the new homeschoolers and for high school. We, I kind of split it because there's so much information that both of them need. So I've been doing those since the end of April and I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of these Zoom meetings. Um, so, you know, we have a whole grid of curriculum options that they can take a look at and do their own research. I mean, I can't tell them what to use because obviously every child's different. The needs are different. If a family is having to work full time, they might want to do something online instead of books, which mm -hmm. helps them uh, do some of the record keeping and things like that because they may not have time. But then there's books, there's online, there's religious-based, there's secular-based. It's basically, you know, what do you need? And then from there, I can help guide you and give you some suggestions to research. And again, that's pretty much what they do on the Facebook pages, too. It's like you tell them what 
what grade, what you're needing, what you're looking for, and you'll probably get a slew of ideas. And there's so, so, so much curriculum out there. Um, homeschoolers, back in the beginning days, there were like two or three different, you know, curriculum vendors and that was it, you know, but now it's just, there's so much, it's overwhelming on the other way because mm -hmm. they just have too many options and they don't know what to pick. Um, and sometimes it is just a kind of a trial and error. You know, the, the, many a homeschooler has bought something, gotten it home, gotten it started, and it's like, oh my, this is not going to work. So hopefully you didn't spend a lot of money on it um, <laughs> because now you can go something else, you know. <laughs> but as far as curriculum, I mean, honestly, they can go from absolutely free to, you know, whatever, you know, to very expensive. If they go some type of uh, an accredited type program, which again is not required of us, um, that tends to be expensive. But, you know, there's something out there for every budget. And then they can just, you know, work from there and get what they need to get. Do you find that... And also, you know... Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say, um, I can also help them... Um, get in contact with local groups because on our website we have a section for regions and all they have to do is go there, uh, figure out which county is with you know their county and figure out which region it is and then click that link and most of the links have um, either a list of some of the local groups on that page or like um, in my case on my page I have a link that gives them all the support groups in all the counties that I have that I'm over. So that gives them some additional support where they can get local help. There's statewide Facebook pages, but there's also lots and lots of local support all over the state. And that's what we always try to encourage them to do. Because that's going to help them get connected with homeschoolers in their town, in their area, you know, events that are going on in the region and so forth. Great to know. And would you like to go ahead and mention your website for our audience in case they are trying to locate that information? Sure. Our website, again, it's Families for Home Education. It is www.fhe-mo, like Missouri, mo, um, dot org. Or they can email me at fhemo region, the number five, at gmail.com. Okay. So either way, we'll get them the help that they need. Very good. So uh, these high schoolers that you see um, doing the homeschool programs, do you see that they are having any issues when they transition to post-secondary um, options, different colleges, universities, or is that transition usually a pretty smooth one for these homeschoolers? I mean, there's always those exceptions, but that's going to be an exception whether they go to a public, private, or homeschool, okay? Um, but generally, no, there's no real problems. The kids transition well. Um, most colleges these days, especially, maybe not, maybe not so much the little tiny private schools, but most of the colleges these days have homeschool people in their admissions department, and a lot of them we're actually homeschooled at this point um, that work with the homeschoolers, walk them through the process, help them, you know, get uh, their applications in and their transcripts and so forth. So there's a lot of help on the college side. And honestly, they are out recruiting our kids. They want our kids to come to their colleges. Um, our homeschool kids tend to 
you know, and again, there's always those exceptions, but a lot of them, they're good about looking up an adult in the eye. Okay. They, uh, they can have a conversation. They sit in the front row because they're used to mom sitting right in front of them, you know? So it's like, Hey, this is another mom, you know? Um, so they, they don't have problems. Um, I would say maybe the one issue that they might have is deadlines because as homeschoolers, we tend to life happens this week. Fine. Push that research paper off to next week. We're good. Professors aren't quite so good about that, you know, so, so the kids do need to learn. And I push that in all my Zooms, all my seminars for high school guys, you've got to watch deadlines. You've got to teach your kids to understand deadlines. Um, so that's probably one thing. Um, but most of the kids do well. They do well writing. They do well with their academics. Um, they do well socially. Um, they can get into trade schools if that's where they're headed. They can definitely get into the military. The military loves our kids, too. I Lots of kids that I know from my kids growing up, their friends have gone military. So it's it really they're not having issues going on to whatever they want to do or or even into the workplace they tend to do well do you um have knowledge of are they still able to get some of the scholarship money that other students would be able to get and apply for those same scholarships as well we do not qualify for the, I think it's the A-plus program here in Missouri. Um, homeschoolers don't qualify for that one. But, you know, as long as they meet the other requirements, the homeschoolers are treated just like any other, pu- you know, public or private school student. So generally, unless they're going to a community college where they a lot of times just do a placement type test, a compass test or something, you know, the colleges are going to just take their GPA take their ACT score or the SAT, whichever they're doing, put it through their little rubric, and they come out just like any other student. It won't matter. Um, Now, I will say, and I explain this to my families too, that if the parent has given them straight A's, and then they come along and take that ACT and totally crash and burn, Mm -hmm. that disparity might raise a couple questions, you know, at the college, but most of our families are pretty accurate. They're they're pretty pretty tough on their kids when they're homeschooling, and and um, you know it, the scores tend to be fairly accurate as to what they're doing, what they're able to do. Oh, very good. Well, that's some great advice and information that you've shared with us today. Is there anything else that you feel would be important or valuable to families possibly um, contemplating homeschooling? say, I mean, contact me. I'm happy to help them understand the law because that's the big one. They've got to withdraw. They've got to understand the law. You know, if they're doing high school, they probably are not wanting to withdraw and just do one year due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So those are the three biggies for the high schoolers. Um, You know, and again, I've got one more Zoom coming up on the 10th. Uh, I will probably have another high school uh, set up in September. I don't have as many on the Zooms for high school as I do for the new homeschool. The new homeschool, I I know I'm going to have to add another one. I've got two, one tonight that's completely full 
another one Thursday night, and I might be able to squeeze a couple of people in, maybe, and then another one next week. So I'm already, you know, after we get done here, uh, I will probably be back on my computer looking at Zoom to figure out where can I fit in, you know, another Zoom meeting for the new homeschoolers, because those have just been overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Well, thank you so much. It was a lot of great Uh, information. (laughs) Right? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for episode six of I Wish I Would Have Known. That is the final episode in season one. Now, we are hard at work already on season two. We are still looking for your ideas, your requests, your submissions, anything, any topic that you would like to hear us explore. We are happy to do that. So get those into us. All the links are in our bio. Uh, Thank you for all your support this season is is where you're getting our podcast up and running. Uh, And we'll see you guys next season, season two. I wish I would have known.